1: All right, this is the Investor Coaching Show, and I'm Paul Winkler. You are listening to a pre-recorded version of a workshop. We did this workshop on my website, paulwinkler.com. It is on the finances of going through a divorce, so we're going to continue with that right now. So let's say that you do determine that it is better to have two smaller residences, Mm -hmm. let's say, for example, or, you know, you don't want to necessarily keep the house. You got the tax laws, capital gains taxes. Uh, And talk a little bit about that, because what are the rules regarding capital gains taxes? And when somebody is handling those capital gains as a single person after Mm -hmm. the divorce or married, talk a little bit about that. And what's the time period for that as you can still deal, get the tax Benefit of married, mm-hmm. you see where I'm coming from. Mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah. go ahead, uh, handle that one.
2: Well, uh, if you are filing married, uh, m- filing jointly, mm-hmm. that, that's five hundred thousand um, dollars exemption. For for percent, the married for couple, a, yeah. Uh-huh. For gain. so for single, so you uh-huh. you
1: bought a house for two hundred thousand dollars and now it's, it's worth a million six, dollars. It's it, yeah. Well, I was going to say six hundred. You got it's a four hundred thousand dollar gain. All right. uh-huh. That's all exempt if it is under the marriage or married filing jointly. But it is not it's taxable if you're filing a single, uh, because now you're at four hundred thousand dollars. But the single exemption is only two hundred and fifty in yeah. my example.
0: Right. Yeah, so so if you if you decide to hold the house and sell it later after the divorce and it's not uh, I think what is it a year it's I, a think, year. You I have think a year, year is what I recall, you can yes. sell it afterwards mm-hmm. or it can be within six yes. years if it's in, if it's written in the terms of the divorce oh okay I yeah. didn't know that NDA, number
1: yeah. yes mm-hmm. but
0: okay. but uh, point being um, you have then 250,000 because you're a single person. Right. So it it really there's a lot of serious tax uh, ramifications.
1: Yeah, they that- can be. I mean, the capital gains tax rates, you know, so for some people it's, you know, zero, right. some of it's 15, some of it's 20. So, you right. know, that can be a significant mm-hmm. amount of money lost yeah. when you end up paying capital gains on that. Right. So, we got an example here. We got June and Dan. Mm. And they have a cottage. In New Hampshire. <laughs> Wherever. That's where you have cottages, isn't it? <laughs> that's what I always talk about, right? Um, then they got a mortgage, $100,000 mortgage. The equity in the place is $500,000. So we got these assets, and let's say that the asset is under June's name, the cottage, that's 500000 Then there's a 401k that June has, 50000 But Dan has $550,000 of CDs. So on paper, they look like they're even.
0: <laughs> yeah, and you know what? What we're gonna be talking about here is, lots of times it looks fair, mm-hmm. but when you drill down mm-hmm. and you factor in the taxes mm-hmm. and so on, it's not at all fair.
1: Right, so, and that's exactly what you see on this particular yes. page right here. So yeah. we've got they sell the cottage for six hundred thousand. Got basis, which is where you got into the place one hundred fifty thousand. Now you got a capital gain of two or four hundred fifty thousand. Uh, But if you're only if you got the single thing going on, and you're only getting that single exemption, two hundred fifty thousand, your gain is two hundred thousand dollars in this in this situation. And there you go. There's your capital gains tax rate at fifteen percent. If it happens to be there, is thirty thousand of capital gains tax, which kind of hurts. Now, Tennessee is not a state that has a capital gains tax. Mm -hmm. But if you do happen to you listening to this podcast or this uh, this particular workshop. Uh, Webinar from out of Tennessee, you might have a state capital gains tax. And and just be aware of that. Now you're netting less money, and it became unequal. Now I want to also point out something else here. And I'm going to tell a quick, quick, quick story regarding this, because I actually had this where I was an expert witness in a court trial one time regarding this very issue where somebody had a 401k, and they were trying to say, you got this, I got this $100,000 401k, and she's wanting to you know, basically say that I've got $100,000 so she gets to have the CD over there for $100,000 and I get to keep my $100,000 401k. And what happened is they brought me in to say, hey, wait a minute, the after-tax value of that 401k oh. is less than the $100,000 and I made that point right in that.
0: Yeah, another classic example of where taxes mm-hmm. make a big difference
1: yes it can make a very big difference so we look at this and go were the assets really equal and the answer would be no after those tax consequences are considered as you can see right here and they could have gone a step further on the 401k in my humble opinion on this particular on this particular slide for that that reason right there then you got jane and frank and uh, Jane Frank, they've got stocks, hundred thousand dollars. Now they're figuring out fifteen thousand dollars in taxes, which means they got zero basis, which is a little bit. <laughs> Obviously, I didn't come up with this slide. This is somebody else putting this slide together. But you know, and it's funny to us as financial planners because if you have a hundred thousand dollars in stocks and you have a fifteen thousand dollar gain, that means that you had zero basis and you're paying taxes on one hundred thousand dollars in gains, and that's why you'd end up with eighty five. But let's just play with it right yeah. here. Here's another situation where you have a differential and the assets are not equal in this particular case. Okay. So retirement, did you want to add anything to that or are we good to move on? We're okay. So retirement accounts, Defined contribution plans. So you're like going, "What on earth is that?" You got to define benefit plans. That is your pension plan. That's what we're talking about there. Uh, so if you have a pension, you've got to define what's defined is the amount of money you're going to get every year. Talk about defined contribution plans, ladies. What uh, what are they? How do they work? What what's the difference here?
0: Well, there'd be like 401ks and things like that. Yeah, 403bs, 457 plans, yes. simple and, plans. Yeah. Um, they they can also be split in the context of divorce, mm-hmm. and again, you as Paul said earlier, we want to factor in the tax on that because and if it's a pre-tax plan, it's not even capital gains. So
1: normally it's- you can't transfer that from one person to the other, and and what Ann's talking about there, you know, you have quadros, mm-hmm. uh, you know, where you can actually have something that is in one person's name, as mm-hmm. you were talking about earlier. Yeah, go to the other person's name without penalties. Mm-hmm.
2: And that uh, 457 has also changed. Uh, uh, it used to be before you cannot assign an alternate pay- payee. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now you can. Mm-hmm. So they so, came on board with yeah. that. That's mm-hmm.
1: that's a really good piece right there. And the and,
2: other
0: the yeah. other thing. So you need to factor in again when you're looking side by side at assets, mm-hmm. and you say I have a hundred thousand dollars in a 401k or a hundred thousand dollars sitting in the bank Mm um the 401k is going to be worth what the 401k is after tax minus taxes yeah it's not you can't
1: yes yeah and
0: you can divide them per a court order in the context of a divorce but if you need to cash out you know and you're um Uh, not uh, 59 and a half when when you can do that without a penalty there's going to be a penalty unless you Mm -hmm. do it right away in the context of the divorce otherwise you'll find that you are going to have to pay the penalty if you decide you know six months later oh I really did need money it's,
2: mm. you That's need to why,
0: think of that up,
2: up front. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it needs a lot of planning. Yes. Okay, you may need, do I need the money up front? Mm-hmm. That's why you need to really look at the whole, your whole financial picture. Mm-hmm. Because right. you may need the money now and then, or may say, oops, mm-hmm. and then pay right. paid yeah. 10% penalty. Yeah. And, you know, with...
0: Um, It's important to bring your financial advisor in for all of these kinds of things because I don't really think the attorneys always recognize the tax ramifications and the financial value of certain things. That has
1: been my experience as well, yes.
0: Yeah, and that's where, you know, like a certified divorce financial analyst, these Mm -hmm. are the things we would look at and Mm -hmm. help the attorney and help you to think about and maybe and even a
1: person yeah a regular financial planner without those de- that designation i mean there are some things that you've been telling me that mm-hmm. you know i yeah, i would have mm-hmm. brought you in that's why i love having a team like this around yeah. me mm-hmm. because you have knowledge that and we all are different areas of specialty mm-hmm. because it is complicated
2: it is my yeah. take with divorce um i always say you sort fe- uh, your feelings with family therapist okay you sort financial issues with your financial person Mm -hmm. you sort your legal issues with the lawyers everybody has their place because the lawyers are very expensive so Mm -hmm. it's 250 to 400 dollars an hour Mm -hmm. okay family therapist 100 250 Certified divorce analyst, 175 to $200. Mm-hmm. So sort things out with those yeah. specialized professional before you... Don't sort your feelings with your mm. attorney. That's yeah. very expensive.
0: Yeah, yeah, that can
1: be really expensive. And,
0: and all of those parties are really part of your team. Mm-hmm. You should have a team. Yeah, totally. Your financial advisors should work with your divorce attorney and your accountant if need be and your you for, know, whatever for sure. so for sure
1: now you may be one of these people that listening and realizing wow investing there's a lot more to it than meets the eye and financial planning tax laws constantly changing and recognizing that maybe you might need some help in this area but you don't want just anybody to help you out so we have 10 offices in the middle tennessee area and everything we do is fee only we align our interests with your interests so you can get an initial 15-minute phone call with any one of our offices just by going to paulwinkler.com forward slash call that's it every one of the offices is run by somebody with 20 plus years experience they're all degree planners They all have academic backgrounds in investing, and you can get the help that you need. So if you want to set up a complimentary phone consultation, just go to paulwinkler.com forward slash call. And we look forward to seeing you soon. All right, this is The Investor Coaching Show, and I'm Paul Winkler. You are listening to a pre-recorded version of a workshop. We did this workshop on my website, paulwinkler.com. It is on the finances of going through a divorce, so we're gonna continue with that right now. So if we look at retirement accounts, and let's just take a quick look at an example here. Uh, now this example, I'll just modify slightly. So you guys, somebody has receives $150,000 from an ex-husband's 401k, They need $80,000 right away. (laughs) What happens here, they they can pull a hundred thousand out now the twenty percent withholding let me just talk about that is just an estimate that the government kind of has this number that's out there you may end up owing more in taxes you may end up owing less than taxes than twenty percent of the account value you want to know what the tax ramifications of another hundred thousand dollars of income is from a qualified plan like this and that is how you determine what the cash distribution from the plan needs to be or what you end up netting will be determined by what those tax rates are but in as the the ladies have been talking about with quadros and those types of things there are provisions in the tax law so as to not have to pay the extra 10 percent penalty on top of that taxation is what they've been referring to right right there right so retirement accounts defined benefit plans. This is a whole different area. This is the one where you got the pension, you got a defined amount of money that will come to you every year in retirement. You know, a lot of these things, you don't see them as much anymore. But in reality, they're still out there where somebody says, hey, I work for this company for 30 years and then they're going to pay me an income into retirement, uh, maybe with a COLA, cost of living allowance, maybe without it. But talk a little bit about. What happens with defined benefit plans in divorce situations?
0: Yeah. So these are basically pensions, right? And uh, while they're not as common anymore, a lot of government employees still have them. There's certain Mm -hmm. big companies that still have them. Military. Yeah. Military, right? Sure, absolutely. And and this is one of the areas where I think um, the financial uh, planner can Mm -hmm. be really, really helpful Mm -hmm. because it's, it's a... Somewhat complicated thing to figure out what the value of that is.
1: Yeah, I mean, you think about it, even an actuary dealing with a pension has a hard time figuring this out because they got to figure out how much money that they've got to put aside every single year. And then when you get to retirement, that has to be enough money to kick off the amount of income that was promised based on a formula that was set. Yeah, it's really complicated. Yeah, so
0: so you want to figure out the present value of what that future pension Mm -hmm. would be and then um, hopefully 50 percent of that would you know would be one spouse's or the others so and that so that's a that's a very important thing because you have to keep assuming that that person is going to keep earning
1: working for that company and earning and then earning that pension up
0: and up and up Boy, that's
1: a really good point because yeah. you know you may be at the time of the divorce saying go yep this is what it that's what they're promising as a pension mm-hmm. but they're only promising that if you continue to work mm-hmm. for the whole period of time all the way out into the future and if you don't do that then that's not the amount of money that may be a pie-in-the-sky type of thing you don't necessarily have that so that's a really really good point right there uh, with Social Security Social Security. This is a this is a big deal. Uh, if you've been married ten years, and I've had this situation happen.
2: Plus one year, day. <laughs> I have actually, I
1: literally had this happen in uh, in some cases that I've worked with, where somebody's been married for nine and a half years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I'll it go. Happens. They're mm-hmm. looking at getting into splitting up the marriage, and I'm going. When well, this is imminent, it's happening. I'm gonna do it. Mm-hmm. You know, no question about it. like can you stick it out another six months (laughs) yeah Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, because that 10-year rule has to Mm -hmm. have been then what happens you are entitled to half of the spouse's benefit or 100 percent of your own benefit now it didn't matter if they didn't hold it out for the 10 years if you were going to use your own benefit anyway right but if there's the possibility that you might be using the spousal benefit which is half it may make sense to to be there for the whole 10 years but this is that's the 10-year rule mm-hmm. um, you know so let's say we got it we take an example here social security mm-hmm. age 65 mr. Smith's gonna get a thousand bucks a month mrs. Smith's gonna get you know five hundred dollars a month you know and and you know you people miss Smith might not have any work history whatsoever right zero mm-hmm. history uh, and still get that $500 mm-hmm. and then but if she does have work history and $700 worth of benefit she can just go and draw her own because it's higher than the 500 mm-hmm. uh, it's whichever is greater is the way that works so got to understand the financial reality not only right now but in the future
0: right and that that's the point is that the future part is so important and I don't feel like uh, the attorney, for example, is going to be the best person to speak to that. The right. financial advisor is.
1: Yeah, and you know, and you talk about that, and I sometimes I feel like I live uh, in a time machine. I tell people, I'll jokingly say, because you know, I have I've had clients, I've I've had people I've worked with, you know, kids of clients that are in their twenties, all the way to people in their nineties and i kind of see what happens at each stage in somebody's life. Mm-hmm. you know, so i feel like i'm in that time machine going, you know, you're 40 now but here's what you're going to be thinking when you're 60. right. <laughs> <laughs> you <know? laughs> so often that happens. Mm-hmm. this has been the investor coaching show. thanks for tuning in. i am paul winkler. you've been listening to a workshop on, if you've been listening for the past hour, on divorce financial planning with Ann Sawaski and Arlene Brown and myself, they are both certified divorce financial analysts, and I hope you have found that helpful. And um, you wanna see the visuals, you wanna hear some things over again, by all means, go to our website, paulwinkler.com, paulwinkler.com, you will see the webinar right there on the website, check that out. And thanks for tuning in to the Investor Coaching Show. Hey, this is Paul Winkler. Hope you enjoyed today's edition of the Investor Coaching Show you want to learn more about what we do, go to our website, paulwinkler.com. You can watch some of the videos there, and if you're not already a client, you can set up a free initial consultation. Until next time, I'm Paul Winkler, reminding you that I believe that more educated investors are more confident investors, and confident investors are more successful investors. Have a great one.